0: Hey, everybody, this is Gene Troyer. I'm the lead pastor of Restore Church. And what a pleasure it is to welcome you to our podcast. It's my hope that you will be marked by love and encouraged in your faith and inspired to become all God has created you to be. Now, I invite you to lean in and enjoy the podcast. We're in this series called Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. And, um, We see kids up here, and we see the wonder in their eyes, we see the joy in their eyes, and for us adults, sometimes the translation of joy and wonder is harder to come by in our own lives, is it not? Sometimes it escapes us, and um, life kind of has a way of of choking, choking the, the wonder out of us, we, we live in this culture of that seemingly is a bit of a grind sometimes. It's a grind. Uh, there's a lot of heavy lifting. There's, there's the pain of birth and rebirth and, and dreams and, and, uh, and physical death that happens. Dreams die. I don't know about you, but this morning I can clearly say, I know that my redeemer lives. My redeemer lives. And I stand in wonder, I stand in, in shock and awe sometimes about uh, when I see what he has done in my life and in the lives of all of you sitting here. God is an amazing God that does more than we could ever ask or imagine. But I believe also, it's sort of juxtapos- juxtapositioning of these two things. I believe my Redeemer lives, but I live on the earth right now. And sometimes the wonder and joy of my life here on earth is hard to get my hands around. Some of us, some of us in the house this morning, all of you guys online, I recognize that some of us right now are in, like my mom used to say, I feel in the dumps. There's no other term for it. Like I just, I am feeling in the dumps. We feel things closing in around us. And some of us, some of us have acted in ways that make so that things feel like they're closing in around us. So it's out of our own actions. Some of us have been acted upon. And quite frankly, most of us at some time or another, we're not feeling the joy, we're not feeling the wonder, and we have no explanation for it. It's just our humanness emerging. And if we're really honest, if we're really real and raw about how we experience life, it is not always up and to the right. We are human and in our humanity, we need to give each other permission to not always be joyful, not always be courageous, not always feeling like we're on top of the world. But you know, when we're at our best, when we're at our best, It's easy to say that we are created to prosper, we're created to to triumph, to live in victory. But if we're honest, we will uh, acknowledge that our ability to live into our spiritual inheritance is limited by our own humanness. This doesn't mean we're weak and pitiful, it simply means that you and I sometimes need help. We need help from each other. We need help from Almighty God. And in this season of Christmas, and on this third Sunday of Advent, we're looking at what it means to follow the humble king, the humble king, and to do so with great joy. You know we're supposed to feel joy, right? We're compelled to feel joy during this season, Sometimes it feels like we have an obligation to feel joy. But sometimes we're just not feeling it. So wherever you are in that spectrum this morning, if you are feeling joy this morning, then let's help each other. Let's peel back some layers. And if you can't peel back a layer, maybe you can flip the corner a little bit. Maybe you can make some progress. But we're here to help each other this morning. After all, joy is an attitude of the heart and mind, is it not? It's a result of the Spirit's work in us. I remember Mother Teresa uh, who brought, uh, I mean, she, was, she brought untold blessings and, and joy to the poor who lay unattended and forgotten on the streets of Calcutta. She was asked what the source is of her joy, and here are her words. She said, joy is prayer. Joy is strength. Joy is love, and joy is a net of love, kind of picturing just love as has encompasses everything. A joyful heart, she says, is the normal result of a heart burning with love, loving as he loves, helping as he helps, giving as he gives, serving as he serves, rescuing as he rescues. Now catch this. She says, being with him 24 hours, touching him in his distressing disguise. I love this. Because what Mother Teresa is saying is that she sees Jesus in every person that she connects with, every person that she touches on the streets of Calcutta as they lay there, forgotten. She sees Jesus as she touches and brings hope and joy to these people. Brendan, my sister in law, uh, lives in Seattle. And we had a conversation with her this week because her father is actively dying of cancer. And so she is spending 24 seven at his bedside taking care of him. And what I heard in her voice was not a voice of despair, but a, 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 a sense of joy that is welling up within her that she never expected to experience. Because in the middle of hardship, in the middle of a very difficult situation, she's counting the ways that God is being faithful to her. She's counting the ways that joy is present in her dad as he actively dies. It's so strange to think that in the in the middle of a very grief a time where you're experiencing grief, that you're also experiencing deep joy. Her father is, was strong. He was, you would have looked at him and said he was a, a mighty man. He, was a, he is a follower of Jesus. He's anticipating this next step in his life. This stage of life called dying. You and I best prepare for that stage of life as well. We are all actively dying right now. Our sister-in-law's father is just closer to the end than some of the rest of us. 2,000 years ago, this idea of joy was birthed through the Christ child. I like to think of the stork flying over Bethlehem and dropping J.B. Jesus right into a manger. You ever think of it in that way? (laughs) Well, that's where my mind went this week as I was preparing for this message. And I was picturing Jesus making his way to earth, shows up in this manger in a podunk village occupied by foreigners. And joy and peace finally showed up in that backwater town. See, peace on earth and goodwill toward men was just as it is still today. It's accessible to every man, woman, and child. And then, as today, there are bad actors who are powerful. There is evil around every corner. But what I love about this picture of Christ coming to bring joy, to bring purpose to each and every one of us, is that Jesus became Flesh. The word made flesh came to redeem and restore and set everything right again. He came quietly. But isn't it interesting that the angels got pretty hyped up about this? There was great joy in the shepherd's quarters that night and great wonder at the realization that when they found the Christ child, it was just as the angel had said and God had really showed up. God had really showed up. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. You and I, we find ourselves at times here in our little corner of the world. And I don't know about you. I kind of know about you. But I know about me for sure. I've got my issues. And if I start focusing on what I don't have and what I wish for, my longings, my failures, my regrets, my oh, I wish I would haves, Do you see what I'm doing, where my focus goes? My focus goes right here on me. It's all about me. And so then pretty soon, if I stay there very long, I hear the voice from the garden that said, did God really say that? Did he really say that? Did God really say that? And then if I dwell on that very long, if I stay there very long, I graduate to, oh man, all is lost I'll never get past this. Despair sits in, and there goes my joy unspeakable. But you guys, this morning, there's a good word here. If you follow the way of Jesus, if you follow the way of this humble king that calls us to a life that is not fixated on ourselves, a life that, that, that lives for the other, where forgiveness is a practiced act of worship, that's where we'll find our joy. We'll find it. We'll find our joy. We'll find it right where we left it. I love the way the Apostle Paul gives us perspective and urges us to have the attitude of Christ. In Philippians 2, we have these words, though he was God, referring to Jesus, though he was God, he did not think equality with God something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. And in doing so, he fulfilled the prophecy, the sign that was given 700 years prior to the birth of Jesus in Isaiah nine, where the prophet speaks these words. He says, for to us, a child is born and to us, a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called mighty God. He will be called everlasting father. He will be called the wonderful counselor, the prince of peace. How does this jibe with the idea that that? Paul talks about. He took the humble position of a human. He appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God. We have this picture of a humble king juxtaposed to a mighty God. How does this work? See, when you and I think of something that's mighty, we think of probably a superhero of some sort. One that comes Okay, well, we can think about Jesus. I remember one time, Jesus came, showed his might, and turned over some tables in the temple. And if I think about it, that is about the only time that I can picture Jesus physically doing something that would speak to human physical strength. We see a, a lot of, of uh, stories in the Old Testament of God having, having this ability to empower a conquering army, this ability to come against evil. In fact, Jesus, Jesus spoke to demons and cast demons out of human beings. He too, spoke to nature. And calmed the storms, none of which required physical strength, but that required this spiritual, internal strength, strength to endure. And this is what we see as we see Jesus embodying human form and becoming a humble king all the way to the cross. He became a humble, suffering savior all the way to the cross. The writer of Hebrews points us to fixing our eyes on Jesus. The writer of Hebrews calls him the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, Jesus went to the cross because of the joy it would bring. He looked right through the cross to the coming joy, the joy of bringing salvation to the world he so loved. For this joy, he endured the cross. Is he a mighty God? Is he a conquering king? Yes, but Jesus chose to wrap himself in human vulnerability to make the way of the cross the way of the humble servant king. See, we call him mighty. We call him mighty. He is a mighty God. Jesus is mighty, but because of his humility, because of his vulnerability, because of his compassionate empathy that has the power to transform the human heart. Scott Erickson is an author and an artist, and here's a quote from his book, Honest Advent. How does God show himself to be mighty? God humbles himself and owns being human. God accepts the humility and weakness of being born. God accepts the humility and vulnerability of eventually dying. And it is this mighty ground that God saves the world through. Could it be, could it be that the doorway to experiencing Emmanuel, God with us this Advent, is the particular vulnerability we find ourselves facing, whether it's in health, heart, or home, our lives will always have a particular vulnerability to them. May we not see this vulnerability as a place of failure because of our inability to overcome it, but as the very invitation to partner with mighty God through it. This morning, I hope that your present stage of life, the stage of life that you find yourself in right now, Could be filled with the divine participation of Almighty God. To be filled with the divine presence of Almighty God is to step back, to surrender, as we often say around here, to surrender our lives. And this is not a show of weakness but it's a source of strength and might that only the humble king that intercedes for us, that comes alongside us as a loving father, comes alongside a struggling child. It is only through this presence of the humble king that we can experience the grace that is radical, the grace that is spilled out and splashing all over everyone else around us. This is the work of Jesus, our humble king. Philippians 4, four to nine, reminds us to rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice, Paul says. He is imploring us to choose joy no matter where we land in our circumstances today. That he is the mighty God that embodies, that comes and, and gives us his spirit so that we can live in a place that is triumphant and victorious, that we can live in a place where we are the, not only the recipients of grace, but we are the outpouring of that grace. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think, think about those things. When you think about those things, joy is the result. If you're thinking rightly, joy is evident. If you're thinking rightly, the difficulties of life are seen through a filter of anything is possible. The signs and wonders and miracles that we look for, the spectacular that we look for can be found in the everyday coming and going, the everyday serving, the everyday looking each other in the eyes and expressing value for each other. See, the signs and wonders and miracles of God are not confined to this holiday season, this Christmas season. I mean, that's the time that we really focus in on it. That's when we expect to see the beauty of Christ come to fruition because we see the trees, we see the lights, we see the Christmas wreaths. We see all of these signs that point us to joy. We see all of these signs but it doesn't have to be confined to this season of life. Because, and here's the thing, all of these signs, all the miracles and wonders that we can point to, scripture helps us to identify those things in our lives that we can point back to Jesus and say, hey, that is not my work, that is his work but for all those signs and wonders and miracles. The truth is that just as the angels declared to the shepherds on that cold Judean night, that glory to God in the highest, peace and goodwill toward men, just as that declaration was made and just as they were hyped up and joyful and exclaiming, so too, even this morning, You and I, as we sit here, all of heaven rejoices when those who are lost become found. So my thing for you this morning, and for me, frankly, all of us who are, we're all putting one foot in front of the other. And sometimes that journey is easier than another time. Sometimes the things of life, the burdens that we carry, are simply too much for us to carry on our own. And this is where, this is where, if we're looking for joy today, and if we're looking for satisfaction and meaning beyond ourselves, it's found in this humble King, this mighty God, who shows us again that the way up is the way down. That service with an extra helping of humility is the way we measure success as followers of Jesus. So if you're finding yourself in a place where happiness is elusive, Find yourself in a place where you feel betrayed. If you feel your way is lost, I'm encouraging you this morning to step into a place of joy. Focus your minds on the things that are of God. Embrace whatever stage of life you're in. Do the hard work. We never know, but that breakthrough is right around the corner. And God may be wanting to do some things in your life this morning that simply won't be done any other way other than facing. The hard things and determining that above all, I am going to seek the Father. I'm going to seek Almighty God because He is the humble King that comes alongside us. Mother Teresa saw, she saw each person she ministered to as a representation. Of Jesus, she treated each one she came in contact with as if they were Jesus Himself, and that's where you and I sometimes—that's where we miss it sometimes. It's when we go inside of ourselves. It's good to be introspective. It's not good to stay there. It is good to know yourself. But it is not good to stay there. Learn what you need to learn. But out of that, then lean into what is it that you can do for the next person that comes in front of you? And especially during this holiday season, during this time when we celebrate the coming of Christ, we also celebrate the coming of the humble King who comes alongside us in our weakness and strengthens us for the days ahead. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Please rate and review us on Spotify and iTunes and join us again for next week's podcast. We love you and pray blessing and peace over you and your family.